I want to mourn the loss of all the old growth trees I've seen and tell them that we love them. It has to be a joke. I cannot believe this is happening. I'm literally about to fucking kill myself and I'm not kidding. You better fucking fix this shit. <laughs> Think the honey badger cares? It doesn't give a shit. Hi, welcome to Last Man on Earth. My name is Lex Jurgen. As always, I flank my Matt Ralston. You may have seen Matt in the news this week. He was spotted next to the Mexican dude stealing Tom Brady's Super Bowl jersey. The video isn't blurred. That's Tom Brady's jock over Matt's face. Nobody even noticed they were missing. I that way that's my after the raccoon story we're gonna talk about later that's my second favorite story of the week just a random like Mexican dude with like a press pass which by the way you have a press I, pass I have one of those yeah just no one stop I mean we talk you about you can all, go anywhere you can go anywhere like the guy could have easily been carrying a bomb mine's or, not real I should clarify but that still doesn't matter no his is real but I imagine it took two seconds to get yeah I mean you say you're from a Mexican media outlet maybe you worked there ten years ago it's not that the credential level is not high. Once you have a lanyard and a badge, you can really go anywhere. You're gold. You got to get in the building. They, yes. they won't really let you in like you have a ticket. Yes. Usually. I mean, you can go through the press entrance, but once you're in, you're you're in. You you're know. totally in. You can go steal Tom Brady's jersey. I love that, how that guy, there are so many people that must have known he did it because I read a little bit more about it and <clears throat> he was he was like carrying all this memorabilia around with him. <laughs> And like constantly talking about memorabilia and selling it, and like he wanted to sell Kurt Warner his own jersey for eight thousand dollars. <laughs> well, then he have he had Von Miller's helmet right from the Super Bowl. Yeah, and he had another Tom Brady jersey, and he would like brag all the time about like I'm not here to work. I'm just a huge fan of football, and which is kind of cool actually. I think it's one of the things where you just hide in plain sight. Where like if you look sneaky, people will catch you. Yeah, but if you just don't give a shit and walk around like you're supposed to be there. You can do pretty much whatever you want in life. Yeah, you can. It's a big hustle bustle. There's got to be a hundred reporters back there, right? This guy's just stealing shit. So. I don't get how he he'll be like convicted or whatever because it, it's it, he's carrying something in the video, but like no one saw him do it apparently. Well, how do they know he has other stuff though? They must know his collect his collections available somewhere. Yeah, he must have tried to sell them to somebody. How, you can't really sell a Tom Brady jersey to somebody. Right, that's I mean, the thing. someone's going to know it's stolen. They're going to know it's stolen. So I mean, I guess there's a black, maybe a black market for like a Mexican drug lord wants it on his wall or something like that. Like El Chapo, El Chapo's brother is still in charge. May want it on his wall. Uh, this week's show is sponsored by WWE Diva Pages sex tapes. Nothing's worse than when you film yourself being penetrated by a bunch of dudes, and one of the seventy-three people you share it with leaks it to 4chan. <laughs> WWE Diva Pages sex tapes. Because drug money is always in short supply. I mean, at what point are you essentially... There's got to be a, a difference between a sex tape that you make with someone that you... You know, it's your thing. And, and sort of just doing amateur porn. I yes. mean, in the video... Or I'm sorry, in the one of the photos... One of the videos, she's fucking a guy. There's another guy. These are all pro wrestlers. Another pro wrestler is filming her fucking the guy. And then someone... And that's in the photo. So yeah. someone else is filming that. It's like... Uh, this is not one of those, like, uh, my boyfriend had a secret camera I didn't realize was there kind of thing. No. This is like lights, camera, action, okay, turn this way, we need a better shot kind of thing. And pretty great videos, by the way. 
It was pretty right. There. I mean, I didn't. I watched the videos. I didn't see a lot of foreplay. There was not, not a lot of foreplay. <laughs> None of that pizza guy coming to the front door. Like, hey, wrestler, what are you doing here? Let's work out. Oh, it leads to sex. I wasn't familiar with Paige, but uh, I, I, I've stopped watching wrestling at, <laughs> at my uh, advanced age. But um, fifteen, I think, is the cutoff age. For- they're doing a good thing with with Paige there, and she got suspended twice for drugs. How, how bad of a drug problem do you have to have to get suspended by the WWE? Uh, usually, they wait till after you've murdered your family. <laughs> and then they come back and say they didn't know anything was going on. Uh, you know, you're right. I mean, this is like everything is called a sex tape. She clearly seemed to be working up a big deal with Vivid or something. She was uh-huh. seemed to be making demo demo material. <laughs> uh, and also, I when I, they just use the word leaked. They use the word leaked or hacked for everything now. Mm-hmm. And I wonder at one point, like when she starts spreading shit around yourself, you can still claim it was leaked. You know, it's like if you if you tell half the school a secret and the other half finds out, that's not really leaked. Yeah, <laughs> like. If, if you tell your psychiatrist or your doctor and someone else finds out, that's leaked. I'm also of the opinion, too, that if you utilize Apple's iCloud feature or something <laughs> similar, yes. you're just asking for it. Like, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to document all my shit and then put it on essentially a server that you know can be hacked into. And it happens all the time. Like, if all you didn't learn anything. And, fa- and, and not only all the time, famously all the time, in big, huge headline stories about celebrities. So stop doing it. Yes. Like, they... Uh, <laughs> you, don't, you don't need to use it. If you, Your phone has 32 gigs, usually. That's a lot of porn you can shoot. There's, yeah, you there's can... no need to put this out in the ether. Yeah, no. This sounds like you and your mom's Mac when you were downloading, downloading porn. You got to be a little smarter. This well, they keep age. trying to make me sign up for it. I'm like, no, I don't. And then they'll they'll do some shady shit. Oh, the shit. iCloud. All of a sudden, I'm on it. I yeah, get, no, no, you I don't can't get away from it. Be on it. You get like you a little know? note saying like, oh, something messed up with your iCloud. You just need your password here. And the next thing you know, you get like a yeah. $10 a month bill for it. Like, do you, uh, and it, it had some box checked. It was like, save my browsing history. Check. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> What what good could come from that? I don't know. Like you got to see. I have to see something I browsed nine months ago. I can't rebrowse. <laughs> right. I, just, I have to see that. And by the way, the cloud is the worst word if you want to use the word security for security. Like why not like iSafe, the safe, or like the vault or something cloud. like that? Why the cloud? The cloud. The cloud literally insinuates that anyone can get into it. Yeah. There's like there's no. It it's amorphous so, and vague. It's, so Skynet, so so Orwellian. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't. I I feel. I if she literally had this stuff stolen and meant to be private, I feel kind of bad for. Her, though I watched them 17 times, so <laughs> I don't feel. I don't want to be too hypocritical. If you wish to contact the show, hit us up on Twitter at Last Men Podcast or on Facebook, also Last Men Podcast. All right, on to the show. You know what I want to know real quick? Yes, is when they when they find some leaked celebrity uh, or photos or videos, right? There's always some guy that goes and finds a bunch of porn that kind of like matches the person. Yes. But you can't tell if it's, and it's probably not. So he'll find like some really hardcore thing where the chick's back is turned yes. and like throw those in there. It's like, that's in poor taste, isn't if, it? If you go to the, uh, if you go to cele- like a site like Celeb Jihad, mm-hmm. where they just post, they'll post like, they'll post all that legitimately hack shit because they don't care. I think they're in Russia or something. But then they'll also post, like, Taylor Swift sex tape. You're right. It's like a blonde woman from behind. Yeah. That looks not so much like Taylor Swift, like, with three cocks in her mouth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, yes, that's the Taylor Swift sex tape. She's, she's beating the orgy record. Like, you could show <laughs> some guy's balls from the back and, yes. and be like, that's that's Ralston right there. Like, uh, no, it's not. The only thing, the, well, except for the, the giant bump on your scrotum, <laughs> the only thing uh, I would say is that people, it works. When you see stuff on porn sites and you wonder, like, how stupid can people be, mm-hmm. There's it works. It's there because it's been tested. They 
They A B test porn sites A B test shit like crazy, which means they put shit up and if it doesn't work, they take it down. Uh-huh. So if you see it up, it's wor- it's working. Okay, it's not there by accident. It's like it's there. They're testing it and it's testing really well. Uh-huh. So you see the ball. You see the balls and they go like James Franco going. You know. But butt slapping uh, Kevin Spacey. People are click. People are definitely clicking on it. Interesting, uh, Matt. Let me ask you. You've been following the Kesha story. I think it's you. You've been. It's like your your Nancy Grace case. You've been following. Yeah. Like up in arms about you doing like monologues in the mirror about how angry you are about Kesha. <laughs> uh, I don't even know why this why this case. I mean, this case has been going on for three years now, and I, I just imagine like you know I, I'm not I'm not the guy who says you should never have like lawsuits because it mucks up the. You know the court system, but this seems like one of those one, frivolous ones where like it's just taking a lot of everybody's time, mm-hmm. and nothing good is coming of it. So she originally accused she wanted to get out of her contract with Sony because the only reason pe- people want to get out of money music contracts because they want more money, right? right. So, like it's not like Sony doesn't do my doesn't do right by my music, and she had Doctor Luke assigned to her, who's like an absolute hit maker. I mean, he's made so many so many crappy mediocre music artists into hits. Including Kesha, by the way, he's fucking... the he's the brains behind the operation. If you have a dumbass, like pretty dumbass daughter, and she wants to be a music star, you could you would pray <laughs> that Doctor Luke would take her under his wing, right? <laughs> yeah, and maybe a couple rapes later, you have to look away in the first few rapes. Uh, so she lost, Kesha lost again in court. She keeps filing uh, Garagos, her attorney. I don't know who's paying him, by the way. Uh, she raised a lot of money from Taylor Swift at one point when she when she talked about being raped. Uh, she keeps filing these appeals and reappeals and keeps losing over and over again. And here's my question. So she's fucked. She hasn't been able to record any music in, in three years. This could go on forever. Is there any point, Matt, at which you say Dr. Luke and Sony are just being, Dr. Luke particularly just being vindictive because of, oh, I don't know, a false rape allegation? And maybe, even in spite of that, maybe it's time for him just to fucking let her go. I don't know. I I would still fight it if I was him. Uh, I don't know how much of his own money he's throwing behind it, but she accused him of raping, drugging her. and raping her. And you know, then you look at her testimony and her deposition, I should say. And uh, you know, she it's pretty obvious she wasn't too broken up about whatever happened. I mean, and she's still not. And by the way, she's still not. Even though she's been found that the accusation was found to be unproven and false, really false. By her own account, she ha- I will say that she's yet to apologize or even say that maybe she was wrong. Well, I think she's stubborn, too. She's never going to admit that she was lying. And so he's never... The thing is, if he settled it, like some asshole, like Katy Perry is going to write a blog about how he's guilty because he wouldn't have settled if he wasn't guilty. You know? Yeah, but isn't like... This falls under my category of life is too short, Matt. I know you're you're a vindictive motherfucker. Yeah. So you would just go... Just be like you with the with the uh, Johnny Depp and Amber Heard thing. You just go on to this thing forever and ever and just keep her from working and denying her. Like, I don't even care about... The, no one really cares if she makes music again. But at some point, he spent a lot of time and effort on this as well. Yeah. Just keeping her from, keeping her from recording and punishing her for her original accusations. Isn't there some point in which you just say "fuck it," let her, you know, let it go? I don't know because if if he if the sort of status quo thinks that he's kind of a rapist now, I mean that could really hurt his career. I would say if you if you go on record and admit that you lied about it, yeah, then I'll. When has then be, I'll when it. has people thinking you're a, a, a pervy rapist ever hurt anyone in the music business? 
The music business does kind of have a weird <laughs> set of no, standards with that. Yeah, there is. Like no. Chris Brown is—he's uh, invited to all the all the award shows, all the parties. Yeah, that's like saying Bill O'Reilly's career has really been heard at Fox. All the ladies, <laughs> all the ladies he's been touching. Uh, there's, there, there seem to be certain employers that really don't absolutely give a shit that you're a, maybe it might be a rapist or sexual assaulter or at least harassing women at the office. Yeah, and the music industry is most definitely one of those. I mean, Dr. Luke has made Sony a fucking fortune, and he continues to make them a fortune. And I think unless he actually, like, murders people and is caught murdering people, they're gonna, and even then they, they probably pay for his defense. But there's no evidence he did anything wrong. It was no. a, I don't know if it was Katy Perry or, or one of the female artists that worked with him was like, he was kind of creepy. Oh, that was, was a it? chick from American Idol. It was very vague. Yeah, the, for the Kelly Clarkson said that. I, see, I've been accused of... Um, there was this chick I was doing this gig with. I was doing a gyoza eating contest for the LA Weekly. Of course. Uh, yeah. Yes. I got to write about it, but they, they had me participate. It was absolutely disgusting. I can't look at a gyoza anymore. Um, but I met this chick briefly, talked to her for a second, total small talk, and uh, she then called the LA Weekly and told them that I, that I was threatening, which doesn't mean anything. You threatened a woman at a gyoza eating contest, Matt? No, I talked That's to her. Poor, poor gyoza form, dude. I talked to her about the weather, and I don't know. It's some weird, you know, it's it's this power that people have when they they accuse you of things and don't elaborate, but it, it almost sounds, instead of it sounding weaker in that you don't really have anything, it, it almost sounds more menacing because, you know, the, the uh, power of the unknown. Well, if I can give you a, a flashback side story back to the last millennium, uh, when I was in college, there was a, a, a girl. She seemed like a nice girl, and she uh, wrote. I mean, we used to party, like go to the same dorm parties and stuff like that. And uh, she wrote a book, and she wrote a book like her campus memoirs or whatever the hell it was. And she never was. She was not a very socially popular person, mm-hmm. let's say. So she went to a couple parties, but she was mostly in her room, like making shit up, which is fine for writers. I get that. Uh, and then she wrote the story about one night like, she went to a party and like was kind of like with this date rapey dude. Like a very pervy date rapey dude, mm-hmm. and he had my name. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> and I was like, I go, yeah. I remember kind of we went to a party, like we walked to a party, like me and her walked to a party, like it was off campus one night during like freshman year. But like ab- absolutely, I mean, n- absolutely nothing happened. Um, and she said, well, no, I know nothing happened, but I just the way I recall things for artistic life purpose. Yeah, it's like I needed the story to fit like the whatever, like the character. <laughs> I'm like. Yeah, no, I get all that. I'm kind of a writer, too. Yeah. But you can't use me as, like, the date rapey guy just because, like, I'm one of three people you ever talked to at the school. Yeah. <laughs> that's not, well, because there's, cool. there's so many other, like, white guy names that could have just been substituted. Well, it wasn't just my name. It was, like, where, what dorm I was in. It was, like, it was me. Oh. It was me. So that's, like, um, libel. Yeah, well, but it was artistic license. By the way, no one ever read, read what she wrote. But I mean, like, <laughs> she showed it to me, and I was like, no, no, not cool. No, no, this is not, like... No, I can be the guy who saved. Why don't you make me the guy who saves you from the date rapey guy? Why am I, yeah. why am I date rapey guy? Just because I'm probably the only guy you ever walked to a party with, like in yeah. four years at school. That's uncool. It's almost like you you did her a, a solid and yes. she rubbed it, and threw it back in your face. Yeah, let's just get angry at women. So Kesha, by the way, I'm taking the point of view of Kesha at this one because at some point, if you're a guy and you're involved in a case like this, and you're Doctor Luke, and by the way, he's not going to hurt his reputation, and he's already probably got fifty million in the bank, and he's going to work forever more because as long as you make hits in this town in the movies or TV or music, nobody gives a shit about your personal life. Yeah. Right down to crimes. 
Uh, I think you let it go. I think you say, Kesha, look, she lied. She admitted she lied. This is over. Go, you know, Mazel Tov. Go make your, go make your crappy music somewhere else. I'll find, I'll, I will invent the next Kesha within seven days. <laughs> right? Yeah. I See, I'm the bigger man, Matt. Don't you get that? I think there's some merit in that. I'm just saying I, I know what I would do. I, I think I know the kind of guy he is. And uh, I don't think he's going to let this one go. He is the kind of guy who gave himself the nickname Dr. Luke. <laughs> so that, that's a tip-off. That's a tip-off right there. Matt, let me ask you. Here's a story that you definitely know something about. Sex addiction. Yeah. You've been the victim of sex addiction your entire life. Yeah. Compulsive masturbating. Yeah. I was thinking mostly of the older men in the neighborhood in Alaska who would come and fondle you. (laughs) Uh, Scott Disick. I I, I almost... I hate myself for a few things. One of the things I hate myself for is I know who Scott Disick is. <laughs> like, it's just, there's no getting around the fact that if you know things about the Kardashians that you can only know by reading about them, mm-hmm. that that's just a sign of, is this a big L on your forehead? <laughs> just no, there's no way to like say you did it for research or you had to know or you caught up in it. It's, just, it's, it's, a huge, it's a huge embarrassment that I know who Scott Disick is or that I looked him up on Wikipedia. Do you know he used to be a, a snowboarding instructor? I did not. Yeah, in the north, in like Vermont, he was like a bum. He was like a snowboarding bum instructor, like in Vermont somewhere, and that's yeah. how he met. Then he had going to a party and meeting Kourtney Kardashian, and then got her pregnant, and that was sort of the rest of his history. I remember when the because I know who he is too, and I remember when that show first came out uh, or became popular. I was watching it, and this girl was watching it. This girl I was dating, and she goes, uh, "Well, this guy's actually really funny." He's kind of like the funny one of the show. And I remember watching about four minutes of the show, like with my jaw on the ground, just like confused, like what the fuck is going on, you know, because it wasn't reality TV so much as, as just really mundane, like Survivor's reality TV, right? But they are doing a lot of fun competitions and stuff. Yeah, it's, there's always like a medic standing next to them and, and yeah. a guy with the commissary truck and stuff. But yeah, so this was like a guy drinking a beer and nothing was happening. I was so confused and I, I had no idea it would become what it's <laughs> well, become. Well, relatively speaking, he's a, he's a comedic humor because the girls are incapable of forming a, like a joke. <laughs> I mean, literally, they, I'm sure they tried. The producers have tried to make them say jokes. Yeah. But they literally have the, don't have the timing or the ability to, to you know say anything other than straight face. Mm-hmm. In fact, I don't think because of the Botox they can even make it like a smile face. So they no. literally just say like, "I can't believe he did that." Mom's going to be really upset. They're They'll like, actually describe their emotions. Like Courtney Kardashian will be like uh, talking sort of like I am now in, in yes. sort of a monotone fashion with little to no uh, emotion, and she'll say, uh, "I am so devastated right now." Yes, I'm. I'm so not, sad. They're not. They would never get. Ca- they would never get cast in a real acting role. They're not real actresses. Right. They're just put on TV and given line, given lines to speak. So it's like bad community theater, right? You yeah. just there's a dra- there's there's nothing about them that says actress. A Disick, I think, actually has some personality only because he's an alcoholic snowboard instructor. Well, he's got a shtick. I mean, the right. other the other chicks, the other people on the show, don't even have a shtick. Like he's like the arrogant lord. You know, like the kind of regal guy or whatever he and play he plays like the womanizing like guy whatever who by the way keeps making babies with one of them uh but he plays the, the drunk party guy right yeah which is you know if you're gonna go for a role in a, in a play it's not the bad role to go for well <laughs> like, that was clearly born out of convenience since he's obviously like a drink himself to death alcoholic yes well yeah the, you think the times he's been rushed to the hospital are not part of the shtick <laughs> <laughs> 
But but he is like he's the only he's the only and by the way he's the only guy he's the only male on the sh- that's ever been on the show who's not completely emasculated. Right. So like Lamar and, and, and Bruce Jenner and, and the, the French Montana wherever else all the other guys who've been th- cycle through the show have all been horribly emasculated by the ladies. Whereas Disick's role is to actually like maybe he's seen other girls and he's having sex and stuff like that. So it's right. actually like as effeminate as he actually looks, he's the most masculine character on the show. So the new line, the new line is so Disick is like he comes back every few months to make another baby with the older with the older sister, right? Which, by the way, I last I always check celebrity net worth. He's got like he's up to like ten or twelve million now, and that's literally been his job. Is every couple of years he has to make a baby, he has to make a baby with the chick on the show. They need they need new segments. <laughs> it's just like everyone likes babies. That's and, he, and by the way, he's allowed to do it the old fashioned way too. So he has a little fun doing it. So it's not like he's even like has to just do a sperm donation. He's actually allowed to have sex with her for like a week to make another baby. Yeah. That's a pretty good gig if you can get it. Uh, so anyhow, the new thing is he's a sex he's a sex addict, and it allowed because he's like he's away from, he's separated from Courtney. They never married, by the way. He's been spotted in Miami for real, like having sex with a lot of girls in like the hot tub at his hotel in Miami. Having sex in the hot tub? Well, he's in the hot tub or in the balcony or in the beach with all these different model like B list models. Yeah, attractive attractive foreign models you've never heard of, but they're good looking. Yeah. So, so hookers, I think it's fair to say. <laughs> so, well, whatever. You know, you and I, you and I are of the level that we don't have to separate hooker from model. We just understand it, right? We don't, we don't, we don't feel a need to, to describe the difference. Uh, and so now the new thing is that he's a sex, he's a, he's a sex addict, which allowed for the best moment ever in keeping up with the Kardashians when Kim Kardashian accused him of being a fucking whore. It's <laughs> just like if you can't laugh at that. I mean, did, she, did she understand the sort of irony? Or? Well, they, I just, these producers tell them what to say. They're not coming up with clever lines, okay? Yeah. So, but here's my real question about sex addiction, Matt. Is sex addiction even a real... We've, I've only heard it in the context of like seven different celebrities through the years. You never hear about like, a, you know, like a, a, a you know, retired like steel worker from Pittsburgh having a sex addiction. Right. Is sex addiction even a real thing? And why does it only affect... Wealthy, famous people from the West Side, well, I West feel Side like, Los Angeles. I feel like for so before, like a lot of my friends settled down. Like when when we were in college age, every single guy I knew was a sex addict. Um, you, you mean the definition thereof being like you would never turn down pussy? They only cared about getting laid, and they did it whenever possible. Uh, for some, more often than others. Uh, that, like, well, yeah. Are you saying that as a medical a me- medical illness? No, because any guy that's getting a pussy thrown in his face is going to do it. I mean, I can see how if you're... Because we all know those guys that are preoccupied. You know, they spend all day texting uh, with chicks, trying to line things up, often hiding things from other chicks. And Yes. But I think those if guys are if just... If you're on Craigslist, if you're posting ads on Craigslist, yeah. or the back pages or something like that, <laughs> yeah. then yes, you might, ha- you might have a problem. But it's probably not even sexually related. It's probably just like... Your desire to hurt yourself. Yeah, like, well, Tiger Woods is a great example, and I think he claimed to have uh, sex addiction. Uh, or other- He did. He went to he, uh, his wife, he went actually went to the uh, place in Arizona for two weeks to be treated for a sex addiction, and Florida, too. So he definitely still likes sex, I guarantee you that. Yes. He's more of just a psycho. You know, he, he's like counting numbers and, and writing shit down in a little book and stuff. Yeah, and he did a lot of, like, literal bitch slapping where he, like, did a lot of grabbed a lot of porn stars and just started like doing lots of weird. Yeah, shit. he was very into the uh, domination, the domination thing, and like getting that chick up to my room and like whacking her across the backside a few times. Yeah, and then like kind of hard anal fucking hurt stuff. That's definitely like that's not just like your friends in college wanting to get laid. 
No, this is a guy with uh, an emotional. I mean, he's a step away from a serial killer. He's emotional. He's just he's a, he's a serial killer with like eight hundred million dollars in the bank, <laughs> right? That's really sort of the difference. Yeah, is he doesn't need to like kill after the hooker. He's done with the hookers. He doesn't need to leave him in a ditch. <laughs> he can give him like ten thousand. Actually, he gave one woman ten million dollars to be quiet. Ten million dollars. Yeah, the Rachel Ukatel, uh, the lady who was setting up everything for him. Oh, she man. was a New York party girl who was setting up all the ladies for him. He ended up paying her. Ten, uh, she was repped by Gloria Allred ultimately, and oh, he ended up paying her ten million dollars to shut the fuck up. So yeah, I mean that's a serial killer's only got you know ten cents in his pocket, so he has to kill. He has to kill the people. I don't think sex addiction because you know what, no one ever comes out and says, uh, you know what, I've been doing some reflecting. And I think I have a sex addiction. It's not like you, you know, there are some effects, like maybe you're paying for a lot of prostitutes. I know guys like that, but, you know, really there aren't, or, or maybe you get an STD or something. But for the most part, I'd assume there aren't that many negative effects. And you got to think about a guy like that never getting laid and how fucking nuts he would be. Oh, and, and, insane. And then, like, tr- pulling out guns and traffic and shit. Yeah, there might be a middle, middle ground there somewhere. There should be. <laughs> Between priests. Between Priest and, and Scott Disick. But I, I think the real point is, like, they always say with addiction, like, is it actually, like, yeah, is it really hurting your life? Like, are there noticeable negative impacts on your life? And Scott Disick fucking models in the hot tub seems to be, A, his job. Yeah. So, B, he makes more money and gets more celebrity press that way, and they could create storylines for the show. And C, he's having sex with attractive women, probably safe sex, uh, you know, at a luxury hotel in Miami. I mean, what else would he be doing that was that's better than that? That's what I'm saying. He's, he's basically saying, like, if you could do anything, what would you be doing? And he's doing that, and that's then, that's then qualifies as a, medical, as a medical ailment. It's always just the guys, uh, you know, it's always after someone gets caught or, yes. or does something fucked up like Charlie Sheen has HIV, doesn't tell people all of a sudden he's a sex addict. Like, no one ever wakes up after fucking a hot model and goes, you know what? I think uh, I think I got a problem here. It was uh, The first guy I remember to do the sex addict thing was Michael Douglas. When he left his first, when he left his wife, longtime wife, like in the nineties, and he, before he hooked up with uh, Catherine Zeta Jones, or when, when he did hook up with her, mm-hmm. and at some point he had to like he was cheating on his wife, and he had to go to sex. He admitted sex addiction. And there was a big like lots of Time magazine cover stories about sex addiction, the hidden you know the hidden horrible disease, and all this other stuff. And of course, he was having sex with beautiful young women. Half well, guys age. are programmed by nature to fuck as many chicks as possible. I mean, that's that's literally how we evolved as a species. And I don't know how realistic or how I should say how natural of an institution monogamy is. It it doesn't seem to work that often. I'm sure it takes a lot of willpower. It works in short, very short term phases, <laughs> right? <laughs> Sometimes it's one night. Sometimes an hour. Sometimes a year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the, the whole forty-year thing seems like a long, like a long-distance journey. It seems like I get why the chick. You know, the chick obviously they're kind of programmed to. That's what they want to nest. But uh, you know, it's for the guy. I, I feel like sex addiction is almost just saying that male behavior is sort of uh, naturally deviant. Yeah. Or you or, watch. I'm sure you watch Animal Planet. You see the lion, the lion out there, like, fucks for 22 hours a day. The male lion then passes out. Yeah. Literally has sex, like, 20 times a day, and he just passes out. Until he, until he falls asleep, he procreates until he falls asleep, and then he wakes up and does the whole thing over again. And no one, everyone goes, like, oh, it's nature, it's beautiful. <laughs> but when Scott Disick's doing the same thing, they're like, oh, it's a... Yeah, I mean, you get a stud horse. I mean, they, they uh, sire, like, a... a, a a new horse every day or something, don't they? With a different horse, yeah. And I shit? wonder, I wonder if like how much of it is just guys lacking op- lacking options. Like how many guys in Disick's position are not acting just like Disick? And if so, how is that a disorder? Isn't that just like 
a circumstance. Isn't that just more yeah. of a circumstance? Well, it's, it's interesting because it's almost like you get a guy who's like, uh, I'm an alcoholic, but I've never taken a drink. And you're like, shut the fuck up, you know. But uh, are, are there sex addicts who are, who are by nature sex addicts who uh, just can't get any pussy because they're fat and work at the fucking, you know, safe Frustrate, like frustrated sex addicts? Well, Not, like, can you be theoretically a sex addict? It's like well, uh, the porn. The guys are like addicted to online porn. I think. I think. By the way, you can be addicted to like online porn. You could probably be addicted to having sex as well. But you have to prove that the addiction, like the guys who are like losing their jobs and all that shit over online porn, I'd say okay, yeah, that's probably a very addictive quality that's hurting them. Yeah. But you can't be addicted to something when you're having a good time and there's no doesn't seem to be any any consequences to it. Yeah. And and with the porn guys, I mean, that's probably just an underlying uh, psychological disorder, like. If it's not porn, you know, that could be anything. That could turn into eating fucking 30 pizzas a day or... Well, that's what they say. They say, like, food... They call it now food addiction. But you're, you can't... Can you really be having an addiction to things you're supposed to have in the first place? Right. You're just overdoing it. So if you overeat and you get sick, you're overdoing eating food. But you still need to f- eat food every day. You still have a desire to eat food every day, drink water every day, and have sex every day. And, yeah, maybe sometimes you're doing it too much. But you measure that by sort of how it's affecting your life. And if it's not affecting your life negatively, in fact, it's positive, then how is that an addiction? I don't know. Answer me that, damn it, Matt. Well, it's, it's, and why can't we ever use that? Why can't normal people use that excuse for it? Well, we don't have publicists. Because <laughs> those are the only people who ever say the, the term sex addiction with a straight face. Well, you also have to do two weeks in rehab. Sex re- Can you imagine sex addiction rehab? There's probably a ton of fucking going on. You would think so. Unless it's segregated by gender. It's probably segregated by gender. And then it's just like a bunch of dudes like you never want to hear stories from. <laughs> like the dude, like you're that one dude who has to tell you all his sex stories. Yeah, <laughs> you're surrounded by fifty of them for two weeks, and you're trapped like in a, in a cliffside place in Malibu. Right, and all you're hearing are their fucking war stories uh, of sex. Yeah, it'd be fun. It'd be fun for the first like half hour. Yeah, then you'd be like, oh my god, this is getting disgusting. Yeah, you're like, all right, next topic: waitress, bathroom. <laughs> like, all right, raise your hand, raise your hand. We're gonna go around. Uh, I just, I just made myself sick again. Uh, I just, I, I hate when they make. There's too many addictions. Okay, I mean, yeah, a lot of people drink every day or. Eat you know, eat every day, obviously, and they're fine. Uh, if it is negatively affecting your life, I can see how you can call it an ailment and be treated for it, perhaps. If you're fucking hot girls in a Miami hot tub, not a sex, not a sex addiction. And Kim Kardashian should not be calling people whores. I just want to say that right now. She's probably, she's probably slept with more, more people than uh, Scott Disick ever has. Oh, I'm sure. Matt, let me ask you. I want you to explain something. We have a new segment this week. The segment last week tested very poorly. <laughs> it's off the charts. What was the last week one? It's off the charts. It's like it's like testing. It's like testing for Trump Trump likability on the west side of Los Angeles. It just doesn't. <laughs> it's not doing this. Doing so well. So we got a new segment this week, which is why Matt explains why Ivan Reitman's Planned Parenthood table read of Juno by women only women only is a tad bit sexist and stupid. So Matt, tell us. Ivan Reitman has a great plan to support Planned Parenthood. Yes. What's what is Ivan Reitman up to? His plan is to stage a live reading, a table read essentially of his script Juno, uh, as a benefit for Planned Parenthood, and uh, for some unknown reason, he's going to replace the male characters in the script with females, or females will be reading the roles of the males. It wasn't very well explained. I think the short answer is no men allowed at right. the table read. So it's going to be a female-only table read because uh, only women can be associated with Planned Parenthood, and only women only women can make things righteous. 
I just feel like you can't really do this in a situation where a guy comes in a, a woman's vagina. That's essentially the whole premise of the movie is she got pregnant. Yeah. So it is Michael Sarah. So it's not a stretch to have a female read Michael Sarah's part. Right. Is his, it's not uh, Hollywood Hogan, right? No. Like, is he really going to ruffle any feathers? Oh, you mean by having Michael Sarah do the read? By yeah. having a couple like softy feminists do the reads, is that really? I don't think hurt like things? rape survivors are like, oh man, I'm so uncomfortable in the presence of Michael Sarah. <laughs> no, although you never know, man. It's always these secret guys. <laughs> uh, so the whole point is they're going to do the table read. It's for Planned Parenthood, and to make sure. Here's my here's my point. I think there's a computer program, an app you run on your phone, and you enter like kind of what you're trying to do, like Planned Parenthood fundraiser Juno movie table read, and then it just spits out like an idea that tests well with its like a Facebook demographic on women's rights issues uh-huh. and it spits back female only table read of Juno <laughs> you're like no men, al- no men allowed and you're like excellent and you and I like sort of people like us like who think about things for like, more than half a second go like that makes absolutely no sense whatsoever <laughs> but the intended target audience because it's been done like on computer 90, has a 98.9% positive approval rating and it's like are just crazy Retweeting and re-liking on Facebook, and then saying how it's the most amazing thing ever. Yeah, we live in the, we don't live in that world, do we, Matt? No, no. It it almost seems like a precursor because I know that you're insane and sit around in your lair thinking about yes, odd things. So you think that in the in the next maybe twenty years or, or more that that women will be able to uh, conceive a child sort of without uh, a male uh, to do the the fertilizing? Well, they can they do that now, by the way. But, uh, but I think in the future, it will be ubiquitous. I think it will be cheap and, and universally available. It's, to me, it seems like that's where we're heading with this idea because it's about a teenager getting pregnant, and now she's doing it somehow, I guess, without any men involved or with a, 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 a woman. A woman reading as a man who gets her pregnant. Like a trans woman, I guess. Yeah. And my, and my, or a trans male, do you I remember the mo- Do you remember the movie Juno? It's ten, been 10 years. That's why they, it's a 10-year anniversary. I remember it vaguely. So Michael Sarah, who's a very wussy boy, gets her, gets her, they have one night of sex and he gets her pregnant. Is that even believable? Uh, well, she was the, she's kind of the aggressor in the situation, so it is somewhat believable okay. that she just wanted to have sex and she picked like sort of a nerdy kid at school because he's so not dangerous. And also, later she becomes a lesbian. Oh, that's real life, not the movie. I don't know if that would happen. I feel like some football player would just fuck her. No, but I th- she was a very... The whole point is she, it has to be, it's about an independent young lady, so it has to be her decision. So uh-huh. her decision is to, to test sex out with this uh, wussy friend of her, like a male friend of hers. Okay. But when she gets pregnant, she goes to visit the uh, plant, the, you know, they call it something else, the Planned Parenthood Center, mm-hmm. to seek out an abortion. And she's so turned off by, like, how quickly and obviously they want her to abort the baby that she chooses against that option and hopefully puts the kid up for adoption. Uh-huh. It seems like the wrong movie message for a Planned Parenthood fundraiser. <laughs> Although I'm sure Planned Parenthood will come up with some stat about how they talk, like, 29% of ladies out of abortions. Right, right. They still, like, do a thousand times more abortions than any other place in the United States. So there's still the abortion. There's still the abortion clinic of record, but I think it's just like this is one of the things. Where like if you put a march together for women, or a program together for women, or an activity that's women's rights oriented or reproductive rights oriented, it literally doesn't matter what you choose to do at that event, right. as long as it's like no men involved. It's like everyone goes like this is the best thing ever. This is so advancing women's rights. I mean, I would say to all the heroes uh, attending this table read, which sounds incredibly boring, by the way. Um, whatever the suggested donation or the admission is, a hundred bucks, 
Why don't you just give that to Planned Parenthood? Yes. Cut down on this overhead. You know, you know running out the theater. The guy arriving, taking a piece. Ellen Page just she puts some of those hundreds in her pocket. <laughs> she might be. She's only working in any films now. It's, it's been kind of rough since she uh, since she came out of the closet and suffered the consequences. <laughs> I just don't get the thing with with people giving uh, to charity. Why they feel like they're owed. I mean, shouldn't we shouldn't we streamline this process? Don't we want the most money? To I would get? assume that everyone who would pay to attend this event is also a Planned Parenthood fund a giver already. Mm-hmm. It's not like someone walks in off the street. There's like a barker outside with like, "Come on, side, we're doing a table read. Judo you know table read. All lady judo table read." So is it realistic? These are all, acti- these are all activists who are going to sing in the first place. Would Planned Parenthood actually? Because I don't know. Um, I have a suspicion, but would they actually try and convince the the girl to have an abortion, or is it more or less you know they don't try and influence the decision? It probably varies by state. I well, know. I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, you know, ethically and, and on paper, they're not allowed to convince a woman of anything. I've seen them talk before many times. So it's just a coincidence that they perform that many. Abor- but I mean, they have the weird shit in Texas where they they like make the lady watch a video. Oh, like the pro lifers are making them do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like state law. But I think they're trying. Like, I don't buy the undercover shit on either side. I don't think they're like nefarious villains like at Planned Parenthood who get off on abortions. <laughs> no. Well, Lena Dunham does. I don't. I don't think the average like person. I think the average person there really believes they're providing a health care essential to women. Yeah, and so they're excited by the, the opportunity to do that for women. They see women as oppressed and victimized. And they feel like they're relieving them of that burden. Right. So I think their intentions are actually earnest. It just, you know, you can't get away from the... When, when you do a million abortions, you can't get away from the fact that you're in an abortion place. It would be really it's tough. Like, it's like you did two last year. I mean, I don't... I already have nightmares. Like, I can't even handle if, if I'm eating and, and someone scratches their knife on the plate. You know, oh, yeah, I, I kind of yeah. freak out. Yeah. But what's it do to your head when you're looking at, at a dead fetuses all day? I, that's why I think you have to rationalize it in some way. You yeah. have to like, you know, like no matter when you have a dirty job, you have to rationalize like some higher purpose to it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you just go insane. Yeah. If you have a if you have a really horrific job, you have to think like I'm doing this for the specific reason, whether it be for the money or because of the higher the higher calling you see. And you're probably like, well, people are going to do it anyway. So yeah, or maybe some of them just love seeing dead fetuses. I don't know. I think they suck them off. Don't they sell a the fetal tissue to Guatemala or something? Back to China to be put into like uh, mixed with the rhinoceros horn and put into uh, aphrodisiacs. I don't know the guy that I'm just did, I'm just making it. that up. <laughs> <laughs> the guy that delivered Will Smith as a baby, he was um, he was doing abortions and, and dumping the remains in the river. Yeah, that's uh, that's that, pretty. That's about as dark as it gets. Yeah, I'm it? not sure that's protocol. That'd <laughs> be medically cleared. That's how Ebola spreads out throughout throughout Africa. They put the dead bodies. You know, Ebola was spreading through Africa. Was because either they would put the bodies in the water when they're dead, with the dead bodies they put them in the river where people drink from. Mm-hmm. But even more so, there's a tradition of like hugging, uh, wrapping yourself around the, the deceased, the decedent in your family, your friend. Yeah. And so, and Ebola is only contagious at the very end when they're like really like blood and pus pouring out of their eyes and all their fucking pores. Yeah. And they put the person to be buried, and then the whole family would come around and squeeze themselves against like the corpse hey. that was covered in Ebola. And that's literally how it was spreading, was that, that ritualistic hugging of the dead. Of the dead See, body. I'm like, I don't believe everything people say, but if I noticed that, like, all my friends and family were kind of slowly dying off, and yes. then uh, someone from Doctors Without Borders came and said, you know, 
The yeah. reason is because you're uh, spreading it by hugging the dead body. Even though I was like, yeah. that guy doesn't know what the <laughs> fuck he's talking about. I think I would still just stop doing it just in case. Yeah, I think if, uh, you know Uncle Ahmed is sitting there with diet covered in diarrhea and blood. <laughs> you're like, I'm going to pass. I don't. I don't even like hugging and kissing my uncles as it is. But if he's if he's definitely bald, I'm definitely not definitely not going in for the kiss. I've only been to one funeral when they they painted you know they painted the person and dressed him up. And yeah, they did oh, the, the open casket mortician. Yeah, I was like, they're like, so you want to go look at the person you knew? I was like, are you fucking insane? <laughs> like, why? I think that only I have a photo. It's not only in movies where that happens. I TV thought so until they. Until People they, start uh, touching the dead body and like crying and, and, and doing all that stuff. That seems like a movie. It seems like a movie moment more than like. I think it happens in movies more than real people would actually do. Yeah. Most people I don't think like touching dead bodies. Just going on a, on a whim there or seeing them. Uh, so Matt, can I, is it fair to say you're not going to the uh, women only table read of Juno? I don't know. I have a press pass. I might go check it out. And literally, you by can, the way, yeah, you, yeah, you can't really you, criticize it yes. without sounding like a huge steal, you can steal scumbag. El, can you, you can steal Ellen Page's flannel. <laughs> <laughs> that, would, that would be amazing. Just like the Mexican guy stealing the jersey. Uh, I don't know. I think the whole idea is you take men out of the equation, you make men bad, and you have a women's rights event, no matter what it is. Somehow, like you know, you get rid of it's all women, and it's, it becomes women always says it was only women there. It really it was really empowering. I mean, like, I, I would argue if men are so superfluous. Uh, who's knocking up all these chicks? Yeah, right? but in 20 years, as you know, that won't be happening. <laughs> you go to a vending machine, you'll pick out like the, the, the sex of the baby you want. This is my, my vision. You, you can't have a guy come in you and and then act like you don't need guys around. Like all, don't, Most of the reason this thing exists is because guys are putting their dicks. This is a two-way thing, right? Well, it is for now. I'm telling you, when the vending machine comes in 2045, 2042... And you're putting in like your credit card, and you're taking out sper- taking out sperm with an injector. Yeah, and it's being injected somewhere like not into your cooch because that's too too you know too horrible to think about. Uh-huh. It'll be like into your arm or something like that, and you're gonna inject genetic material into yourself to make yourself pregnant. You're gonna pick out the sex you want, the the background, the racial background or ethnic background of the person you want. And it's gonna cost you like nineteen ninety five. And you're going to inject in yourself and nine months later have a baby? Could you, like, patent your your DNA like could Will Smith? You can't. You can't. You actually can patent your DNA. Okay. Uh, but I don't think you... So you can keep it for being used in commercial purposes, but I don't think for, for uh, medical purposes, for research purposes. Matt, there's, you're going to have a baby, Matt, whether you like it or not, because someone's going to be taking all those sperm donations you've been making now. <laughs> those are all sealed away somewhere. And in 35 years, some lady's going to be having your baby, and you're not, which is a good thing. You don't, at least you don't have to raise the kid. That's, yeah. not so bad. That's, not so, that's not so bad. So you have a goofy, tall Irish kid. So what? Yeah. <laughs> none, of your, none of your business. They'll be waiting tables on me. I'm like, what? Like, I don't know. I'm sensing a connection here. Uh, Matt, let me ask you. I know you hate raccoons. You're scared of all animals uh, with claws, <laughs> small little things. Anything that could hurt you kind of scares you a lot. Yeah, You're raccoons just are nasty. Raccoons, by the way, I would contend are... I haven't met a mink. I understand minks and the, the things they make furs out of are really, really fucking nasty. Yeah, wolverines and... Well, yeah, wolverines I expect to be well, nasty. minks are, like, filthy, though. But, like, l- those little woodland creatures that they, they kill for pelts mm-hmm. are all apparently, like, the most vicious animals, like, in the, in the animal kingdom. Oh, like, the honey, like the honey badger, like, other stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like, they're just ruthlessly mean, vicious, clawing, biting they're animals. They're gnarly. We used to have beavers when we lived on the river... And we would have to put fences up around our trees because a beaver could take a, a two-foot uh, circumference tree, diameter tree, and chop that thing down with its teeth in like an hour. So imagine what it could do to your arm. I always want to see environmentalists, like the anti-loggers, take on a beaver. <laughs> like, fuck you, beaver. You've been t- like, the loggers are like, we're not doing the trees there. It's the beavers. They're t- just going after the beavers. And people hate beavers because they're ugly. 
They have those bit weird yellow teeth. Yeah, the weird yellow teeth. And occasionally, by the way, beavers, uh, we're going to talk about a story from Russia right now with raccoons, but uh, I don't remember that video from like two years ago where the guy died from the beaver bite. Oh, you got like the Giardia or he, something? No, no. He died right away. He got the beaver. He, he was with the guy. They were, uh, beaver came up. Was it a beaver or an otter? I think it was a beaver to protect its area. They were hunting deer or whatever. And the beaver bit him in his femoral artery in his leg. Ugh. And they couldn't get him back in the hospital time. He bled out and died. I've had nightmares where I was trapped in a beaver den. They have these elaborate labyrinths. Are you sure that's about animals, Matt? <laughs> <laughs> no, they have like they have like a living room. They have like an escape hatch. It's all made out of sticks that they stole. Oh, and their dams, you mean? Yeah, yeah. They're very they're very sinister animals. But if one gets killed by like a fisherman or something like that, the whole well, they shut down all the salmon fishing. <laughs> like that's like outside of dogs like nothing gets people going more than like otters and beavers like on those PETA commercials yeah women love otters and beavers and apparently raccoons because uh, we got an email from Eddie he saw the story on the raccoon in Russia he said why the fuck are people renting raccoons in Russia aren't there aren't there any free ones around trash cans and yes by the way I've never seen it lived in a place with a trash can that didn't have a raccoon on it at night so there are plenty of raccoons out they are utterly nasty utterly nasty creatures and by the way the male raccoons will not only attack you and bite you they will actually just reveal their genitals to you and use them as what use them as like to threaten you. Is that right? Yes, they actually will fucking grab their dicks and just like a balls and just like shake it at you. Like I would kick them in the dick. <laughs> Wait, why bite you? Are That's you, how mean they are. Are you sure that raccoons attack people? Uh, well, they don't like aggr- they don't go after people for like predatory, like hunting them. Yeah, but if you get between them and their, their kids, or if you like go after them, they will they will go for you. They have rabies, I'm assuming. They all have rabies. All have sharp ass claws and little teeth. And the worst part is they look really super cute. <laughs> so they're like the worst girlfriend ever you just hooked up with. Like it's like you thought she was really cool and you thought you were about to go, have a good time. And next thing you know, like you just step into the worst like fucking psycho girlfriend relationship ever. Yeah, that's a raccoon. So. Here's what happened in Russia. So uh, an ad agency was looking for a raccoon to feature in one of their naughty, naughty topless commercials. We don't have, by the way, we don't have naughty topless commercials in the U.S. So Russia already sounds better than the U.S. Yeah. Because I would actually feel like, oh, uh, you know, I, I haven't watched a commercial in probably 10 years. <laughs> but I would start again if they had naughty topless Russian girls. Even around, like, my family, I would be less uh, uncomfortable watching a topless commercial than... Uh, a thing about like Viagra or like uh, oh, what the girls always wear a jersey. Yeah, hot girl. Or infl- like, is your infl- asshole yes. bleeding? Yes. You know, there's there is some really the, the pharmaceutical commercials. I really, I don't. I think it started like what five or six years ago when they were allowed to do it. Yeah, they're the most disturbing thing on television. I mean, it's just like if you actually pay attention to them, it's the most horrific thing you've ever. It's horrible. You know what I really hate too are the toilet paper commercials with the bears. Um, yes. There's like a family of bears, and it shows the um, one of the bears has like toilet paper stuck all over his ass, yes. and he's like, "This kind of toilet paper, you don't." It's all euphemistic because no one's going to say like, you know, when you're asshole. So is it, it's they're doing it like to appeal to kids in a way. Like it's all very creepy to me. Uh, well, all, if you notice in, in the toilet paper ads, they're always rubbing toilet paper on their face <laughs> to see how soft it feels. Right. It's just there's no reason to rub toilet paper on your face. For that one time you, you forget it's used toilet paper, you're really going really to regret that practice. Uh, so here's what happened in Russia, Matt. The raccoon, so this ad agency rented a raccoon. And this has kind of been a big story because no one's ever heard of renting a raccoon before. No. Like you might rent a lion for a movie. Or you might rent a leopard for Justin Bieber. Rented a leopard for a party. Okay. Only, in Canada, only in Canada. <laughs> so, yeah, you shouldn't be allowed to do that, but you are technically allowed to do that. Think animals you can't regularly come by. You rent for, for parties or events. 
So uh, this agency rented a raccoon, and I guess you had to rent a raccoon because this raccoon worked at a petting zoo, lived at a petting zoo, so I guess it was probably tamer than your average raccoon. But they used the raccoon to film this like commercial with a topless girl in bed, and he's, the raccoon's stealing her bra, and the whole thing is so incredibly Russian and awkward because the woman looks terrified but trying to put on a smile because the raccoon has his claws like next to her nipples, which, yeah. can't, which has to be an unsettling feeling. I don't, I don't even like when my dog goes between my legs. I start to get nervous. <laughs> but having a raccoon on my bare chest, like if I was a woman, I think would be very unnerving. And what happened was they, they shot this commercial. They used, used, illicitly used a raccoon in a filming of, a, of an R-rated commercial. And then worst of all, Thomas the raccoon was returned to his petting zoo with an obvious, obvious infatuation with women's breasts that he could not overcome and had to be retrained for three weeks. To overcome his obsession with with lady boots, I didn't know Russians did the frivolous lawsuit thing. I just assumed that their courts don't work properly and it wouldn't be worth the time. I don't know that they actually. Can, I don't know they can go to trial because I don't think they have courts. I think you just threaten people and they hope they pay you. That's <laughs> <laughs> sort of like the way it goes. So like they made a big deal about this. The Pentagon made a big deal, and obviously the story got carried everywhere. And they named the agency and the people involved in the agency, and I think they're just kind of hoping they get paid some money for it. Right. Pet and zoos in Russia don't pay like they used to, Matt. <laughs> That's just not like if you're looking to if you're looking to have a, like a hot Russian model girlfriend, run the pet and zoos not getting you there. Well, there's. Sh- I mean, I feel like there's supposed to be a difference between a petting zoo and like a professionally trained like on set animal. Like, the- yes, in the in the Western world, in Russia, this is <laughs> where you go. But have you been to a petting zoo before, by the way? Like recently or since you were a child? Yeah, I have at the Grove. Yeah, they have one. It's really. It's really kind of disturbing. I didn't pet the animals. No, they have one at the LA. Zoo. If you go to the LA Zoo, they have a petting zoo area for like little kids. Yeah. But first of all, it's just it's all the animals you have no interest in whatsoever. <laughs> so it's like, oh, a goat. Thanks. Yeah, this like, is awesome. And by the way, every animal that is, that is willing to be let itself be pet shits seventeen times an hour. <laughs> so just in your feeding like some nuggets out of your niblets out of your mouth for a dollar to this animal who couldn't give a shit and wants to die. Yeah. It's just shitting because that's its only only hobby. And the whole thing is such a sad, macabre, like sort of like German, exper- German Orville experience. It's terrible. It doesn't bother me that much with the goats and the sheep because I don't think they know where they are. I, I think they're just as happy standing around. Although I agree, it's it's odd. You don't realize how dumb you are until you go to a petting zoo either. Cause you're like, what is that? A sheep? No, it's yes. a goat. Actually, a fucking yes. idiot. Anything that happens to animals that doesn't involve eating them, ironically, bothers me a lot. Yeah, like I don't like people dressing their animals in costumes. Really bothers me. The zoos bother me a lot, petting zoos. Anytime people use animals, in, in, like in this case for a commercial, like the raccoon, as much as we all think it, it's awesome, the raccoon probably itself was really fucking miserable. Yeah, I think raccoons are a little smart. I mean, you see, like my parents have goats, uh, and the way you move a goat... Of course they, of course they do. ...is you, uh, <laughs> you grab it by like the, the haunches, kind of by its shoulder blade, and pick it up like a suitcase... And it doesn't know it's being moved, like like it's kind of still walking it just around, doesn't give a shit, suspended right? in air. Yeah, yeah, they're just like they're uh, just little bots, basically. You know? They're just really the slow kid in the corner picking his nose, right? You can pretty much do whatever you want to. It doesn't even give a shit. Yeah, and he eats eats like metal and wood and plastic and everything. But a raccoon, uh, I, I just, it just doesn't. It seems like such an odd choice. I mean, it seems like if you're going to do that gag. It might even be better with a dog stealing a bra. Well, because whoa, 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 Matt, you're not aware of raccoons' <laughs> reputation in the animal kingdom. <laughs> it's the thief, right? Yeah, it's wearing the bandit mask. I guess poor raccoon is stereotyped as a bandit because they have a bandit mask on. That's a good point. So he's a bandit. The Russians picked up on that one. 
I just I, I, this to me strikes me as more abusive than the dog in that movie that everybody freaked out over. When they threw the Josh Gad and when they threw in the movie with like the dog's life or whatever it was, dog's purpose. When the dog had to go in the warm water and the, the whole, everybody freaked out and like everyone disavowed the movie and it got taken out of theaters. Oh. This actually strikes me as much more abusive to animals than that. Yeah, yeah. You just put a raccoon and pull a raccoon out of a petting zoo, rented it under illicit purposes, and put it in porn. <laughs> like it just, that to me in Russian Russian porn, by the way, where there aren't rules like they have in LA County. Did I tell you the story? I'm not sure if I told it on this before, but a friend of mine was working in uh, casting. Uh, they were shooting a movie in Russia, and they they needed a dog for a shoot, um, but it needed to be a three legged dog, three legged dog for because that's just what the shoot called for. Matt, can I stop? If this is going to involve them taking a, do- a leg off a dog. Well, no. The next day, <laughs> okay. so they placed a few ads, and the next day, like no fewer than seventy-five people showed up <laughs> with three-legged dogs. With three-legged <laughs> dogs, which they'd obviously just hack their legs, dog off. Oh God, no! Uh, oh, I thought you were going to say in Russia you only have a three-legged dog. <laughs> like that's like they just can't afford the fourth leg. Well, no, these people are like a thousand dollars. Like, well, there's an easy solution there. Oh man, they that's... didn't feel good about it. They fucked up. Yeah, so that's the kind of thing you could put a casting notice in West Hollywood. That wouldn't happen. No. There'd be all rescue dogs and people that had been run over by cars, and they rescued and spent like $20,000 saving. Yeah. Where in Russia, they just hacked the leg off the dog and bring it, bring it in. So I just, terrible. This is, always, this is why I'll always laugh about when people are talking about like the, the Trump-Russia, the Putin, the Putin conspiracy, and how they're masterminding the whole global media and stuff like that. Russia is such a backwards, fucked-up country. They really literally are hanging on, barely hanging on. Yeah. They're not masterminds of shit. I mean, they were able to invent steal nuclear technology in the 40s and 50s so they could build nuclear bombs. Yeah. That's what made them a superpower. There's absolutely nothing else they've ever done at a high at a high level. Well, they wrote it they wrote it up their Olympic athletes. They have like nine world. rich guys in a fucking country of peasants. Uh, I think the men in Russia die like 30 years earlier than yes. the women because yes. all they do is drink and smoke <laughs> cigarettes. And it's not because there's because there's lack of opportunity. I mean, Russia is just a it's a shitty you look at, like, the Ozarks in the U.S. Yeah. Russia is just like a giant Ozarks. Yeah, There's yeah. a couple couple rich guys, a couple smart guys, but by and large, generally just drunkards waiting to die. Well, if you ever go renting to... Renting raccoons for porn. If you ever go to, like, an outside, uh, I don't know what you call it, a jungle gym or whatever, but, like, a, a thing where guys do pull-ups, you know, the bars they have where you do push-ups and shit, it's all Russian guys because they're essentially, like like black guys in Compton and, and that there's no jobs so they just hang out in public all day so all those guys do is they get really good at like working out on bar because how much does it cost to put in some bars in an empty right. parking lot right. fucking 30 bucks right so uh, they recently play soccer in the third world yeah so they, they just spend their days doing push ups go, go bladder go bladder in an empty field yeah <laughs> go bladder <laughs> That's, I mean really honestly I mean this raccoon story is a prototypical Russian I do laugh when I think Russia is masterminding shit they really literally are like West Virginia, the West Virginia of nations. Yeah, they're not. Le- they're not doing. Sh- they're not in charge of shit. And so. the people believe the media there too. Yes, the state-run media that, that comes on and they're like oh, spewing all this propaganda, and they're like, "Yeah, fuck those faggots." You know, it's weird. It's a uh, well, apparently the whole Putin thing is just like him, like him back in Russia telling all his people how he's fucking over the U.S. Yeah, and so he's making up all these stories to seem really impressive. They're like, "We're getting back." At- yeah, this is a guy who fucking rides topless on a horse. It takes romantic pictures of themselves. Or talks about the women he's betting to like keep his people like happy. You know, there's a very it's a very 19th century feel to the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, all right, let Thomas the raccoon go. And by the way, what would he, what what do you think would be the training? 
like the, the train to take a rec- to have a raccoon stop liking women's breasts because they said they put them through three weeks of re-education. I just don't believe that's true. <laughs> I just don't see any possible way that 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 could happen. Yes. That the raccoon would become obsessed with breasts because it it's it, all it wants to do is eat. Like it doesn't. There's no reason it would become obsessed with tits. Uh, that's what I thought when I was eight years old, Matt. But it happened. It happened, nevertheless. I picture like a how like a like a Russian housefrau, like a just like leaning over with like a big breast dangling in the raccoon's face, and every time it looks at it, they slap it. <laughs> Three weeks, which isn't much different than how they treat men in Los Angeles. But uh, Thomas the Raccoon, free Thomas the Raccoon. Matt, let me ask you. Uh, I am going to have a segment called "I Quiz Matt" on something you're going to fail. Uh, Brooke Lajeunesse, I'm pronouncing her name wrong, certainly, is a latest story. She's a Michigan mom, Mich- suburban Michigan mom, mother of two, happily married for many years, who just happened to be fucking an eighth grader in the back of her minivan uh, last summer like 15 times. Was her husband, did he witness them fucking or he just... No, got, no, he didn't know. I don't. I, I assume he d- either he didn't know about it or that has to be the line you have to go with. How old's an eighth grader? Uh, 14. See, to be that's, fair, that's weird. That's getting really into like pedo. Territory. Really, really, really weird, and also the same age as like her daughter's age. Yeah. So maybe they don't name the kid obviously, but maybe it was a kid from her school or something like that. That's bizarre. But by the way, just you know, to be fair, she didn't really start sleeping with him till he graduated eighth grade. <laughs> she was only sending him d- dirty texts and naked photos of herself. Okay. So because you want to wait, usually when you say I'm going to wait till she graduate, she or he graduates, you mean high school? Uh-huh. But she went middle school, so. Uh, it was the summer between middle school and high school. I'm not sure when I graduated eighth grade, I, I quite understood like where the vagina, like basic anatomy. I'm, I think I was not. I would guess that a suburban Michigan teen probably is in the same position you're in. <laughs> but when uh, Mrs. Robinson's got you in the back of the minivan and the park. And the, by the way, these women, these stories are all the same in the sense that the women are always married, have kids, whatever else. And by the way, they're always reasonably attractive women. Uh, and not old or not. I mean, it's not like you think. It's not some crazy witch no, looking yeah, lady. She's pretty cute. It's all. All of them have like they're all women who could get guys pretty easily if they want to sleep around with guys on the side. If you're uh, fucking in a car, like you know, I'm six four, and it's not. I can't really do it. I mean, granted, it was a minivan, but because um, like cars used to be huge, right? Yeah, so like much in smaller. the '60s, yeah. people you could fuck in the back seat. Like, do you think that's why she was uh, having sex with 14 year olds because they're shorter? Because <laughs> they, fit, they fit the van. Yeah, I don't like maybe know. she wanted to have sex with full-grown adults, but they're too big for the van. Well, the, it's weird because they've almost because you can't really you probably don't want to be doing it around your house. You you're, can't. You're you can't do it around. around your house, so right? they're, they're turning into like that's what like kids do, right? Like they kids sneak are like dudes hooking up with prostitutes and stuff like that in the park. Yeah. Um, there was a park here in, uh, in near in Hollywood where I filmed one time. I was filming like for a week every morning. And every morning, like there was, it was a pu- public park with a parking lot uh, that was sort of back off in the in the distance. And every single morning, like pre dawn, just full of cars with dudes, like having having sex. Yeah, <laughs> just they would go there like at six thirty, leave at six forty five, <laughs> just like. I don't know. Was gay guys ch- love to blow each other in parks. I don't uh, know what out of gay. I guess somewhere with prostitutes. Maybe it was all male, male. I don't know what it was, but they would all arrive around six fifteen, six thirty, and all leave at six forty five <laughs> in the morning, like as the sun was coming up. It was like, oh, they're parking for no, they're leaving again now, and then the, the, the tinted windows and like it's just something was going on there. So one of them was this Brooke Lajeunesse, apparently. But here's my real question, Matt. There's this new thing now where because I and Casey Anthony we cover all these stories of teachers and grown women having sex with boys and other things. And I've noticed in all these stories, the men, the husbands, or the boyfriends are always like sticking up for the, for the wife or girlfriend. 
mm-hmm. and they're always standing by their lady no matter what. And we used to see this, you know, f- forever throughout history. It was always the woman who was the abused person in the relationship. She was always this, you know, the lesser capable, lesser independent woman. And when her husband did stupid shit like got arrested for stuff, like prostitutes or sleeping around with their friend or like even having sex with a high school, one of the high school students, the woman you'd always like, you know, like Dottie Sandusky, right? They'd always stand by their man no matter what. Mm-hmm. It was sort of trained in their brain that like, I can't leave my husband no matter what. I'll, I'll be, you know, I'll be ruined and I'll have nowhere to go. But now you see this with men more and more like the husbands are sticking by their wives and their husbands are like saying they're so happy for their wives. Like, you know, whatever, whatever it is. Uh, so here's my quiz for you, Matt. I think uh, sticking by uh, uh, your, your wife after she's been boning a 14-year-old in the back of the car in the park might be a bit much. But I want you to imagine now, Matt, that you're married. It's already embarrassing, but I would argue staying with her is almost more embarrassing than being the guy whose wife fucked an eighth grader. Yeah, I th- at that point, I think you need to like, I think you need to say like, I have no idea what's going on. That's disgusting. I'm leaving now, right? And also, yeah. by the way, we used to have regular sex all the time, and I was amazing <laughs> <laughs> because there's, a, there's no reason I can think of why she'd be with an eighth grader. <laughs> but it's clearly not my fault. Yeah. It does make you look kind of bad as, as the partner when your partner is like having sex with a... Well, with unless a, she <laughs> just had to downgrade to like a much smaller model. Because of, of the minivan, of you mean. Because <laughs> the minivan. All right, Matt, let me ask you the quiz. Here's the quiz. Do you, leave, do you throw down and leave your wife, berate and leave your wife if, this, if the following happens? I'm just going to base this on my current girlfriend. Yeah, but also imagine, I mean, I think you have to imagine, to be fair, that you're married, it's been 15 years, you have kids, because okay. that's, a, that's a big, okay. it's easy to leave a girlfriend, it's tough to leave a wife and kids, and by the way, I assume you get the kids' custody if your wife is going to jail, but it's still like, it's a bigger decision. Okay, okay got it. Got All right, it. do you leave if your wife totals the car? No. It's okay, an accident. Okay, fair enough. Your wife totals the car because she was giving a hand job to your kid's little league coach while driving. Yeah, you got to leave at that point. Okay. That's a leave. I'm marking down for leaving that one. Uh, your wife tells you, confides you that times she has lesbian feelings. That's that's a positive. That's good. You stick stick around for that. Yeah. Uh, your wife tells you that while you're at work, Abby Wambach is going down on her, making her come harder than you ever made her come. Huh? Huh? Because see, when you said lesbian, I wasn't picturing Abby Wambach. <laughs> it only question only works if it's Abby Wambach. And also, by the way, that's the most most practical possibility. I think I could, I mean, I guess it would depend on what city I lived in because there just aren't that many hot lesbians in Corvallis. Um, but I think I would stick with it because I think I could steer her towards a certain type of lesbian encounter that I could then participate in. Wow. That's a really, that's a very progressive answer. I would, also, I would mold it. I would mentor her on this. You yeah. Know? Also, you're totally ruining the, the quiz. <laughs> okay. Uh, your wife spends a lot, a lot of time, almost too much time volunteering at your kid's school. She's always there volunteering. Would that you break up with your wife for that? Uh, no. Uh, your wife is fucking an eighth grader in the back of her minivan. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think I would have let. I think I would have known something was up before we even got to that point. But certainly at that point, I would uh, have a uh, mental freak out. I would, uh, if I had the means, uh, go to Mexico or somewhere and get real hammered and do a bunch of drugs and fuck a ton of uh, chicks and or prostitutes for about two weeks, uh, clear my head, yeah. uh, divorce her, take everything, and, uh, and the kids. This is where I might agree with you on the, uh, your like, vindictiveness against Kesha and stuff like that. Uh, to me, like the false rape allegation, obviously, is, like Kesha did, was obviously horrible, and I would dislike her and even hate her forever for doing that. 
But your wife threw this to you. Here's what happens. Your name and photo and Facebook thing and all the other stuff is forever linked to her. Uh-huh. And not only did she commit a crime, it's not like she got arrested, like, maybe she killed someone or maybe she, like, you know, drunk drove and, and did some horrible thing or something like that. But she actually fucked an eighth grader, which just there's no way to spin that as looking good for you. That mm-hmm. just is not... That just, I mean, when your wife cheats, you can say, look, I was, a, I was a good husband. I didn't deserve this. When she cheats with a 13 or 14-year-old, that looks bad on your record, dude. That just looks bad on you. Yeah. And you're forever Google-linked and Facebook-linked and photo-linked. There's tons of photos of her with her husband, uh, lovey-dovey photos. You're linked to that person forever. I mean, yeah. that's like, you can't take that one back. Any relationship you get into, the chick's going to find out about it at some point. Yeah. And it's not as bad as you being the one to have slept with a 14-year-old. That would be obviously worse. But it's still, like, it's a stigma that attaches to you forever, whether or not you, des- I mean, you deserved it or not. You might have been a shitty husband. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think, like, there's some weird thing going on where, like, masculine, feminists replacing masculine. This is, what did the coffee mug say? The future is women? The future is female. future is female, whatever it is. Where men are now, like, in this, and it may be, I don't know if it's financial or psychological, whatever it is, but where, like, husbands and men are now in this position women were in historically where they just refuse to like they don't see an option for them to get out and so they're standing by their shitty they're standing well by their i did stuff. i did notice or read recently according to the uh, department of the bureau of labor statistics that in uh, two income households so what percentage would you think of two income households uh, the guy makes more money than the woman uh if you asked me 20 years ago i would have said 90 percent uh now i'm gonna say 60%. Yeah, that's exactly right. So 40%, around half the time, the woman's making more money. So Yeah, and that's all, and I assume that number's only rising, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in 20 years' time, that'll be 60, 60% the other way or 70% the other way. Another interesting thing I learned is, uh, I didn't know I this. I like when you read, Matt, yeah. statistics. Uh, for every 100 uh, women that are born, around 105, 107 men are born mm. um, because... Uh, you know, men uh, die easier uh, historically. They uh, are more vulnerable to certain uh, diseases as, as babies and whatnot. And they were out killing each other and getting killed by wild game and whatever. Um, so in the world, there are more men than women. Um, it's like 50.2% or something. But in America, there's 6 million more women than men. So uh, is if, that, if this is a giant bar, wouldn't that be awesome? Yeah. <laughs> Well, they'd probably be all old. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're right. They do age. But if you don't die, but that's just, but that statistic is mostly because women just live longer, right? Yeah, but men die doing shit. You know, they they have a lot more stress. I'm assuming. But I'm, I'm, I'm assuming if you just look at like forty and under, fifty or under, it's probably 50, closer to fifty fifty. But then probably. when you get to like seventy to eighty, it's mostly women that are alive, right? So guys die younger. Yeah. I would just say that, like, staying alive, that that could be one indication that your lives are actually a little bit better off than guys' lives are on the whole. Yeah, you and I, uh, I think, disagree with that. I don't know. I've seen the old ladies in the store. They don't seem to be having any fun. <laughs> any fun. By the way, have you ever noticed that when you see, like, a really, you see really old ladies all the time, when you see a really old guy, you kind of look for a second mm-hmm. and go, wow, that's a really old guy? <laughs> like, you're just not used to seeing really old guys? Yeah. Well, I think because old guys... Uh, well, die first of all, but um, I feel like they're in their house, like watching like Fox News and just like locked I, away. I, yeah, locked away. I don't feel like they go out like because old women go to the store and they buy like one can of corn. Yes, it's like why don't you just you know make it? I feel bad for old people. I'm really weirded out by them. 
Yeah, no, I saw an old lady uh, in the store the other day, by the way, and she was there when I first got there, like in aisle seven, looking yeah. at something. I helped her. She asked me to reach for something up high. And uh, and then, like, I came back 10 minutes later. She was still in the same aisle. In the same <laughs> thing. And then when I checked out, like, another 15 minutes later, she was still there. And so I alerted the store staff that the lady might need a little help uh-huh. because she was staring at the same set of cat foods or whatever for the last 45 minutes. Right. And uh, they didn't seem to care. Yeah. <laughs> it's just I, like, I was like, well, if I hear my options. I'll bring her home <laughs> like a dog, <laughs> like a stray, or I'll just hope that somebody gets a heart here at the store. Yeah, I don't know the rules with them. Like, I was leaving here last time we did this podcast, and this incredibly old, an old tall guy, which you never see. No. It's no. like, he was like at the bus stop, and he's trying to ask me, like, how far away he is from where I go, do you just want me to drive you? <laughs> but then I was like, fuck, does he think I'm going to, like, kill him or something? I also had this old lady. I was in line at the that hardware store. That could be the start store. of a great odd couple story. <laughs> I was in line at the hardware store. And this lady is taking an absurd amount of time to pay. Uh, I don't know what the issue is. She's just she's really searching through her bag. She's taking... Is she still writing personal checks? Forever. I hate that. Uh, you, should be, you should be allowed to kill anybody who still uses a personal check at the store. She had a debit card, but she had a change purse. And uh, so finally, I see that she's 80 cents short, right? So I go this to, is be, Sir Walter Raleigh to be nice, and also because yeah. I want to get on with my day. I go here's a, a here, just take this dollar. She goes no, doesn't look at me, just says no, and then proceeds to pull out her own dollar, which she had been searching for for the last, I would say, around five minutes. She knows what your, the fuck is that about? She knows she knows your reputation, Matt, for hating on old ladies by offering <laughs> eighty cents up for like action in the parking lot. She's not, she's not falling for that. You're probably on the AARP mailing list. Your photo up there. Watch out for this man offering eighty cents to the stores. There's nothing thing as a free lunch. Uh, yeah, no, I, I I I don't even remember what the hell we were talking about, but I know that, <laughs> I know that we we've, we've come to the, some good demographic conclusions. Uh, if your wife is having sex with an eighth grader, you must leave. That's just one of those musts. It's a must. I mean, some, there's some gray area on that kind of stuff, but that's, that's, it's just like, it's like uh, well, I guess Dottie Sandusky never left her husband. She's still married, but... Maybe um, change your name, change towns, you know? Yeah, I, mean, I just feel like you can't do that shit anymore. In digital age, you can't do that shit anymore. Like, it used to be like, do you remember, like, even far back is when you get an out-of-state speeding ticket and they couldn't find you? Yeah. <laughs> like, you're like, oh, that's not in my state. Fuck it. Like, I do just, remember that. Yeah. And then they're like, then all of a sudden, like you got a ticket from like two states over one time. You're like, fuck, how, how did that happen? Yeah, <laughs> like that's when you realize that like the world's getting smaller. Yeah, yeah. you can't hide from shit anymore. I got one in Missouri. I was like, maybe I just won't drive in Missouri anymore. <laughs> you know? On occasion, when I'm looking for looking at people on Facebook, I'll see their old Facebook account, and then they try to change something happened for whatever reason. They change it to a new Facebook account. Mm-hmm. Guess what? Your old Facebook account's still there. It hasn't gone away. Still in your name. You can't change. You can't change it. It's still there. Yeah. Uh, and they and even if they get Facebook to take it down somehow, there's still these sites that have archived all this shit. So yeah. still there. Matt, let me ask you. I know you used to be a regular uh, in the Chelsea Handler audience. You were the guy who was applauding like crazy. Here's the thing. I always wonder, like, how much life, how much easier would life be if you had both a producer or urging people to clap and also a uh, laugh track at the same time. Well, and if you just have comedians come on your show and do their act, basically, while you sit there and kind of... Well, that was... Uh, yeah, the comedians who were on Chelsea Handler's show were funny, but even Chelsea Handler would just do, like, a mug for the camera, like a Britney Spears song, so then she'd, like, do a smirk for the camera. Yeah. And there'd be, like, uproarious applause, just, like, crazy. They'd crank the laugh track... They'd be like, you never saw. They never showed the audience like clapping. Yeah, because they weren't. It was fake, 
but it was like it was like you know like the fucking fifty thousand people at the Coliseum just rose up like <laughs> that was the best smirk I've ever seen. Right. You know, uh, so I think Handler, and then we all know how she kind of got her start in the business. Yeah, she um, was fucking the head of program development at E. Yeah, allegedly. Allegedly, no, they were in a long term relationship. No, I say that because I only heard that she was blowing him a lot, but maybe she was fucking <laughs> him too. Uh, so you think like here's my thing. So you think someone who like you know some people make it by hard work and effort. Everyone gets a break somewhere, I think, along the way that makes it that makes it big. Some people get huge fucking breaks, and I always feel like people that get huge breaks, you shouldn't hate them for getting huge breaks, but they should be more humble than your average person. Yeah, if you're if you're like if you're come up with a shitty if you come up pull yourself up by your bootstraps with a shitty thing, and you're like some rapper or someone else who makes it big in some area, I kind of let you gloat a little bit. Yeah, but if you got if you blew the boss and you got a laugh track and you worked off writers and comedians who came on your show like. You know, making you making you great. It's okay to be. It's okay to have lots of money and fame, but you got to be like humble. Like you know, I, you know, this wasn't me. Like you know, like every baseball player, football player interview ever. Yeah, I, I well, I feel like there's like two categories in all this. There's the undeniable, uh, you know, force of nature. You know, your Chris Farley's, your Jimi Hendrix's, your whatever. Uh, those guys can do whatever the fuck they want. Same as in basketball. You got Michael Jordan, but then you got the 12th guy on the bench, and yes. he, you know, he may just be a cool guy who can kind of play some ball, but, you know, could could be easily replaced. And I feel like the latter category, you know, they got to uh, be a little more humble than the than the first. They got to be good in practice. They got to be, like, buying guys steak dinners. They got to be, like, slapping guys and being the root. The root you know, they can't have sour face on the bench. When you show up on TV yawning, hungover. Yes. Um, Looking like you hadn't prepared much, looking bored of your own show. Yeah, guaranteed contract. You know that. Um, the, in that case, I don't think you have the the license to act uh, super arrogant about it. No, but Chelsea Handler does, and so she put out. I, I, you know, I let's say again, you and I don't like Donald Trump. I don't give a shit about Trump. I like almost all Trump jokes that are funny, <laughs> uh, but there's so many bad, unfunny Trump jokes by people who just hate. It's it's really hard to be funny when you're filled with rage. Like, you know, there's a, like, I think you have to be, to be funny, you have to be angry. But there's a difference between being angry and just filled with endless blind rage. Right. That makes you a good murderer. <laughs> like, to be able to kill somebody, you have to be filled with, ra- you know, blind rage. To be funny, you just have to be kind of angry at shit. Right. Right. Obviously, but not necessarily want to kill people. Uh, so everyone hates, everyone, all the entertainers and all the, they hate Trump. So if you're a comedian like Chelsea Handler, you have to try and make jokes about Trump. But they're just not funny. And she put out another one this week about, like, one of the Trump kids. I don't remember their names anymore. They all look like scary little robots. Uh, one of them looks kind of deformed, and no one talks about it. It really bothers me even more. <laughs> the one with the uh, slick back, like, alfalfa hair? Or? No, the one, the blonde one, it looks like he came out of, like, a test tube yesterday. It's just so weird. He looks like he came out of, like, a bunker or, like, something. There's something Isn't we- one of them supposed to be really dumb or a lot dumber than the other one? Uh, it's, yeah, I don't know. I think I don't, that's the blonde. It's the same one. I think it's the same one. I don't know. He just... He has a we- he really looks weird, and no one will say anything about it. And when people do something like obvious like that, and no one talks about it, it makes me really nervous. Huh. Like you know, if someone had like a you know, like they tell you like when someone's deformity not to look at it, uh-huh. but you always do, and they say don't talk about it, but you always want to. I gotta see a photo of this guy. Yeah, yeah. I think it's uh, let's see this Donnie Junior. He's a, he's the darker haired one. Uh, Eric Eric Trump. Eric. Yeah. Trump. He he looks like a dude who just like came out of like a middle earth cave or something like that there's something going on with that guy oh man this guy i didn't realize how uh how unattractive this guy is that's what i'm saying like trump i assume fairly handsome guy donnie jr they get no trouble with the ladies 
But this guy looks like the kid who just got whacked with the ugly stick yeah. on the way down the tree. Man. I <laughs> mean, like, he looks a lot like Trump, but but somehow... Like Trump's ugly brother. Much stranger looking. Yeah, yeah. Like Trump's brother, like Trump's son missing a chromosome of some kind. Yeah. Like just one. You get like 40 whatever, but he's missing one. Um, <laughs> so he's having a baby. And uh, Chelsea Handler made a joke about the uh, their baby, the, uh, the baby, like saying he's got bad genes. She spelled genes wrong. Uh, I hope it's a girl because a boy is going to, you know, fuck up. He's going to be another boy. Whatever the hell. She, it's not even, not even worth repeating. I don't remember because it wasn't even funny. And then later on, she said she was drunk, which, by the way, is never an apology. It's never actually an apology for anything. You mean, uh, like, it's not an excuse? Or? It's not. You can't apologize to people by saying I was drunk. I don't know when that worked. That worked, like, maybe never. Like, when have you ever done something bad and told someone, I'm sorry, I was drunk? And they go, oh, well, you were drunk. No problem. Like that's, yeah. just, like, that's cool. As long as you were drunk, that's good. I don't mind the fucking bruise on my face. You punched me. You were drunk. It's not your problem. Right. I'm, I'm not a believer in the, uh, you know, I, I only uh, am racist when I'm drunk. Because yes. I've been drunk a lot and never really just thrown down a bunch of N-bombs. No, I, just, I, I don't get that. So, anyhow, so Chelsea Heller is saying... And, and the, but also, like, uh, aren't you supposed to be kind of more professional? Like, maybe stop doing shit drunk all the time. Uh, like, yeah. Keep, or, if you're drunk, be funny. Because people love funny drunks or funny drug addicts. Funny drug addicts are hilarious. As long as they're hilarious, right? Right. Yeah, Doug Stanhope is great. You mentioned Chris Farley. I mean, it was like, uh, uh, he was hilarious. Yeah. He was fucking wound up on coke about about to die every time you saw him. (laughs) It's amazing that that guy actually didn't die during a performance when he would just get his heart rate going up. Yeah. I always thought, like, this guy's going to do, like, some fucking physical stunt and just die on stage and that'll be the end of him. Yeah, towards the end when he got... He was not even that fat, and then he he put on like a hundred pounds. He got enormous. You could tell his face was. It was no red. longer funny fat. No, but he still did really physical stunts. Yeah, and then you just thought he was going to die. But Chelsea Handler, like it seems to me, she has been unable to reproduce any sort of yucks when she doesn't have her writers or her comedians around her or time to prepare or production staff or things like that. And you can always tell on social media because people write stuff when they're drunk or late at night on their own. Mm-hmm. And we talked about it with the Kate Rich, the joke about Baron Trump being the first homeschool shooter, <laughs> which still makes me chuckle. And that, like, the only thing off limits as a comedian is when you're not funny. And Chelsea Handler seems to lack uh, any awareness whatsoever. And I think it's really hard to do political comedy about political issues, hot button religious or hot, any hot button social Especially issues. Especially about Trump. There hasn't been a whole lot of funny stuff. I mean, the SNL stuff, because the, the impression's funny, but. Yeah. There's not insightful. It's not insightful stuff. Yeah, there's not a whole lot of like. I mean, what can you say? It's a pretty, it's a pretty obvious situation. Well, he's, a, he's Trump is a caricature person. Yeah, he's a caricature of a, part, a real person. So you're actually making fun of a caricature. Yeah. At some point, and people go like, "That's not." It's like it would have been funnier if they could have found a way to make fun of Obama, which they never did because he's such a plain guy. Yeah. And like, find, when they found like his like his quirks, it was funnier because it was harder to find. Like the guy he, like Trump, he's a walk. He's like a walking clown. It's kind of like making fun of a clown. Yeah, so I like, mean, it's so absurd already. Like the joke is already being played out in like real time. You can't time. make fun of a guy's hair when he has the weirdest hair in the entire country. <laughs> <laughs> like you can't. It's fun to make fun of like a guy with a bad comb over. Yeah, but when a guy's known for having the most ridiculous hair in the history of the world, you can't top what no. it looks like already. No. There's nothing you could say that's as funny as what his hair looks like. No, he becomes then he becomes an airline food joke, right? It's just like something you throw out there because you're late, you're, you're lazy. Yeah. Uh, I don't I don't know what to do with, what to think about Chelsea Handler other than she like I feel like we talked about this earlier like you should be if you're the twelfth guy on the bench. I likened her to like the equipment manager who happened to win the Super Bowl, <laughs> like the Patriots equipment manager. 
Do you think he's like running around taking victory laps and like fucking bragging about how, yeah, we took down the so and so? Like, we got a ring, flashing his ring, because those guys get rings too, like the trainer and stuff. Yeah. He's like flashing his ring, like on Snapchat, going, bitches. No, you know? he's no. like, he's just blending in. He's happy he got what he got, but he's not, he's not throwing it in anyone's face. That's how I feel Chelsea Handler should be. She got very, she's a very semi talented person who got very fortunate. And she's not the first person that happened to, by the way. But I feel like, that's your time. If Tom Brady can be humble after winning the Super Bowl, yeah. the equipment manager has to be humble. The guys who are really successful are all very humble people. You know, comedians. The guys who are successful are very humble. Yeah. If you're not as successful and you've got a lot of breaks, you got to sh- just shut the fuck shut the, up. You know, with Chelsea Handler, so I, I get what her kind of character is. She's a uh, sort of a bitchy, kind of drunk, middle-aged woman. Yeah, she's a Bravo housewife, right? She's a well, like, the same thing that attracts people to those shows. What they're like? Empo- they're empowered by. Does anyone want to hang out with that kind of person? Uh, other women in Hollywood like that thing. It's 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 the empower. It's like empowerment by sharing my faults, right? Uh-huh. It's like I mean, like the whole idea I think is that women have had to be perfect so for so long that by being so utterly imperfect and and, and bragging about it, uh-huh. that that's empowering. You know, just like with the, uh, just like with the heavy you talk about this before, like Kevin James, nobody laughs at him when he's topless doing a sh- whatever. Like he can't model and be empowered by it. Right, right. But women who are heavy that, that model are empowered by it. It's like when you show by revealing your obvious flaws, you're owning those flaws, and you're finding some female empowerment in that. She might be the most lucky in, in terms of part of her comedy is that she does not care about the show she's doing. No, uh, I don't know how you get that gig. No. Right? Well, you know, you, you were blown. You were blown a male executive before. No, I've, I don't think I've even. You don't have to been afforded the opportunity. Never, come, never come up. I'm surprised this time it hasn't come up. Me now. too. You, you got a cute, cute profile. This <laughs> <laughs> hasn't come up. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it, she she represents something that really bothers me, which is like, and this is just, this is me like personally transferring my own personal feelings. Like, if I win something that I don't necessarily deserve. If I work my ass off or something and I get it, I'm going to brag a little bit. Mm-hmm. But if I catch a lot of breaks, and everyone in this town who's successful has caught at least some breaks, you've got to be more... I think that's why people are naturally humble about it, right? They know, like, even the good-looking actor who gets a, movie roles, he knows there's 50 other guys, 100 other guys can do exactly what he's doing. Yeah. And then it was just, it was just a fortunate break that he became that guy. If you're Steph Curry, yeah, there's only a few people in the world can do what you're doing. Yeah. You, you earn that job by your sheer skill. But it, acting or comedy or TV shows, reality shows, whatever else, you become famous by happenstance, just being in the right place or blowing well, the right guy. Well, would anyone kind of brag or be really arrogant about literally winning the lottery? Like, would they no. be like, fuck you? It's like, <laughs> no, like don't would, they know they just really... That would be awesome. In the truest sense, guy, that would be amazing. <laughs> dude, I picked those fucking numbers, dude. You see me pick those fucking numbers? I own this town. Fucking everyone out. Everyone out. I'm buying up this club. Everybody out. Yeah. No, they're always humble people. Lived in a trailer the day before. Now he's real fucking... No, everyone thanks Jesus. Get on Jesus. my face, trailer trash. Yeah, right. They always thank Jesus and go back to work the next day. And then their lives are destroyed by the money because they really never, never should have had it in the first place. All right, our final segment this week, Matt. Uh, I'm going to now pronounce a Hispanic name very, very incorrectly. Okay. You, can, you can redo it if you want for me. Uh, Alejandro Campoverde. Sounded good. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Al- uh, yeah. She goes by Ali. She used to go by Ali, and that's part of the story. Uh, she's running for Congress. I know you're well aware there's a special congressional election taking place like in a week or two in Los Angeles. 
uh, after only like three people voted in the mayoral election like a couple weeks ago. Yeah, what was the LA County voter turnout? It was uh, it was like eleven. Per- it was something really low, and of course, everyone in, in office re- won re-election very easily. Uh, everyone complains about shit, then everyone just either doesn't vote or votes for the exact same person and goes, "I just wonder why things aren't changing." Well, if you're, if you're LeBron James, for example, you actually endorse a candidate and then don't vote then yourself, vote, yes. which uh, that takes a special kind of... I, I literally think like 11 people voted in L.A. County for like <laughs> the thing. So like, and they passed, by the way, huge billion-dollar, multi-billion-dollar things and a new mayor and new other things like that. And just nobody, honestly... People like to bitch about shit and not do anything. I'm in that category, so I can totally relate to it. I voted. I mean, it, you do it by mail. It only takes... 10 minutes. Uh, nobody, did you look up what shit was? Because everything's always done, written down in a way that's very deceptive. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, that that part, yeah. I'm not I'm not looking at, like, the school board and the judges. Like, I don't care. Whatever. So I was like, we want to raise money for the homeless by having really cool parties at Brentwood Mansions. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, some, there's, like, a small print that kind of deflates the whole reason for having the thing, the tax fundraiser in the first place. Uh, well, anyhow, this is special. So the guy who was, like, the congressman in L.A., downtown East L.A., and North of Los Angeles, which is, uh, I looked it up because I look everything up. It's a eighty-six uh, percent uh, Hispanic district. Okay. The other fourteen percent are undeclared. Uh, it voted like ninety-two percent for Hillary in the last thing. So it's fair to say it's the most Hispanic slash liberal congressional district in the entire country, just about. Mm-hmm. So it's got seventeen people running for the special election because the guy who actually won became the Attorney General of California because these guys recycle jobs over and over again. And by the way, they doubled down on pensions. Did you know that? They, you can actually get two pensions at one time. Really? Yeah. If you leave like one agency, you get a pension from there, and if you work for another agency, you get a pension from there. I know the cops can collect their pensions before they retire, which is yeah, that's a new thing. Interesting. Uh, there's a whole bunch of stuff going on there. But so Alejandro, uh, she is famous. She claims she's famous for having worked in the Obama White House. Uh, she worked in the Hispanic Media Relations Office. Got to have one of those if, okay. if you want to be a baller. <laughs> She like was a she was she was a, a graduate college grad. She went to volunteer in the Obama campaign. He won, of course, in, in two thousand eight, and she got a job in the White House, a junior position, whatever in the White House. And her her claim is that she's running for this congressional district and trying to get press in any way she can. Her claim is that back in two thousand eight, two thousand nine, someone discovered that she had modeled for Maxim. And by someone, I mean she must have told every single person she met mm-hmm. because I don't know, like. Do you ever make meet a girl like at work and she's kind of cute? You go, I wonder if she ever modeled for Maxim. Did she model like as uh, an Obama staffer? No, like, no, this is like seven years earlier when she was in college. This is when she was in college. So she was just kind of like a random. Well, she used her real name, although she went by Allie instead of Alejandro back then. Uh-huh. When you're uh, modeling for Maxim, you're Allie. Allie. When you're running in a Hispanic congressional district, you're Alejandro. Yeah. That <laughs> just only makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. And so here's the thing. So she, I don't, I remember every single sex scandal ever. It's one of my many hobbies. And I don't remember, she claims there was a big to-do in all the papers and worldwide media, how she was a Maxim hottie working in the White House. I don't I, remember that. I don't know. I've asked a million people. No one remembers it. So clearly, because well, it's not that big a deal. Like if it was penthouse, I think maybe that would have caught on a little bit. But well, no. or if she was like someone important in the White House, it might catch on. She was like basically a glorified intern. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and as far as interns go, if you're not fucking the president or having a cigar shoved up your whammy, you're like <laughs> you're not going to get anywhere in the press. So I don't think it was a big deal. I'm sure there was an article in the local whatever tab- DC tabloid about it or something like that. So she keeps bringing this back up again because now she wants attention for her congressional campaign. So she wrote a piece for Cosmo, 
I mean, if you have 17 people running for this congressional office, and she's like one of the lesser-known people, but she happens to be a very attractive <laughs> younger, younger is, lady. Uh, oh, okay. So is there... Are there any? Is there a guy that's definitely going to win? Just there's some a career few. Politician? There's a few recycled politicians running, but since it's a special election, no one knew they were running. Okay. It's kind of people, all people throwing their hat in latter day. Gotcha. Like nobody planned on this necessarily happening. So she's trying to get you know publicity any way she can. You got to get top two to get the runoff. And so she did an article on Cosmo about how she's been you know a women's rights issue thing about how she's been painted as this tainted by this as this woman that did modeling for Maximum College and how it's really unfortunately defined her as a woman and so these photos so easily define women in politics and other pursuits although I would mention she seems to be the one who's bringing it up over and over and over again and nobody else yeah. seems to be mentioning it she also voluntarily did the photo shoot and got paid for it I'm assuming yeah she did and I can understand it. if she was suffering consequences from that like she got fired from the White House or like people said started like tagging graffiti we don't want that slut in a Congress yeah. by the way who would do that uh, who doesn't? Who who in Congress isn't rooting for the hot chick from California to make it to, to, to DC? Yeah, they're all rooting. They're obviously all rooting for. Her. Uh, but her whole point of view is like her point of view is like it seems like a double standard, man. We talked about this before, which is like you know the sexual, the modeling is all very empowering. But then when people find out about, it, they're not allowed, like guys aren't allowed to say anything about it. You're not allowed to mention it. That if the, the, the mere mention of it is victimization, right? And she's representing now. She's representing women who've been victimized by photos from their own past. She even mentioned in her piece how in the digital age, you know, I feel sorry for women going forward because unless you lock, unless you spend high school locked in a closet in a turtleneck and a sweater, there's going to be racy photos of you that come out. Yeah. I'm like, well, no, I, I don't know about that. I mean, I don't remember. I, I came up before Facebook and, and the digital media. I still don't remember racy photos, <laughs> racy photos of myself. Uh, you were tied to the flagpole. I'm going to remember, <laughs> remember that <laughs> with your buttocks out. But, uh, you know, there seems to be a middle ground where you don't either do panty shots in Maxim or wear a turtleneck in your closet. Yeah. But you just kind of lead a normal a normal life and maybe occasionally you have a stupid looking photo that no one's going to give a shit about. Yeah, I mean, no, yeah, no extremist, even a hardcore extremist isn't going to be like, oh, you wore a bikini at the beach, you're a fucking slut. Like, that's not going to happen, right? No, and by the way, she still, to this day, is posting photos of herself in a bikini at the beach. Because clearly she's the most attractive congressional <laughs> congressperson we would have. And she's so clearly she's the, most- the only one bringing this up, and, she, and she's both... Uh, I, was she? Did she claim she was like empowered by this when she did it? Or she claims she's a vi- she's claiming right now currently victim status. Okay, because it's brought up and it hangs like a noose around her neck, right? That so she can she's never get victimizing rid of. herself, basically. Uh, she's claiming that she's being victimized because of the photos. She's unclear who's actually doing the victimization, except I might add one guy. She called. This is how she opens. This is how I imagine you get like a piece in Cosmo when you're just a hot chick running for Congress somewhere three thousand miles away. Mm-hmm. Is you say, they say, look, you got to tie this into women's rights and victimization somehow. Mm-hmm. So she made up a story, seemed to be made up a story about how she called. The reason why she's writing this Cosmo article, she called a friend for a campaign donation. And he said, I'd rather buy you a purse and write you a check for your congressional race. That sounds pretty implausible. Uh, yeah. I'm going to go out on a limb and say she's lying. Uh, yeah, I think she's making it up. And by the way, what kind of friend says that? <laughs> like, like. Like, I said, a random. He's like, I call a random person as a fundraiser. Yeah. Like, oh wow, your friends seem really nice. Like, Why would a guy want to buy her a purse? That's not something a guy would want to do. Yeah, this is like, I think she thought what would really go over well in Cot to the Cosmo audience. So I called. Even my friends say you should buy a purse. Women only should have purses and be pregnant in the kitchen. 
uh, and then how she's being vic- how she's being victimized all over again. Uh, can you? Here's two questions for you. Can you win uh, anything in life by just being a victim? Really win something in life, like become a congressperson or become successful in your business or whatever else, just by being a victim? And two, uh, shouldn't we just vote for her because she's by far the hottest candidate and she's got an amazing rack? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, has she ever talked about like her policies or her? Uh... Well, she. Do- I mean, I think to be fair, she has a web page with her policies and stuff. But nobody, I've run for office before. No one, you have too. No one gives a shit. No. No one goes like. What do he thinks about parks? <laughs> like it's not that. So she needs attention in some way. So what does she fall back on for attention? Her old maximum modeling, hot photos. Yeah, she's the one who's bringing them up because she knows it gets her attention and votes in a Cosmo essay. It's not a bad strategy. I'm just surprised. See, I would be less inclined to vote for her because her story about a guy saying he would like to buy her a purse uh, makes no sense. And if she's that bad at making shit up, I just don't trust her with. Running a congressional district. If you read the actual article, you'll understand that she's not so good with the syntax and the grammar and like the <laughs> writing. It's not her strongest. It reads like a breathless twelve-year-old who just like got dumped by her boyfriend. Uh-huh. It really is a lot of like soap opera. It reads like a soap opera type thing. Uh, she does not strike me as congressional material. But then again, every person I know in Congress is a horrible person who doesn't deserve. Why to didn't she just say I called my friend uh, to ask for a donation and he said? I don't think women should be Congress people. To me, that would even make more sense than what she said. Why would you be a feminist with a friend who would say something like that? What kind of feminist has a friend who doesn't think women should serve in Congress? Yeah. I, I mean, maybe uh, on a protest uh, route. I mean, it would make more sense if she made up a story that she went to do a speech about women's rights and some guy who was a Trump supporter came up and yelled this shit at her. Yeah, that would have worked. But then she'd have to, like, there might be witnesses to that. So this story <laughs> made a lot more sense. Here's, I want to end on this note, Matt. Cannot trust politicians... Hot women who've been a maxim, or anybody who does a, a Cosmo, an essay in Cosmo. I believe it's all complete utter bullshit. Yeah. And the worst thing of all is you using female victimization. I can see like a chick who did porn, who did some thing when she was 18, now she's 40, and this shit keep, keeps coming up would be a major hassle, and some people need to get over that crap. But that's clearly not the case here. She's clearly the one reinventing this issue over and over again. So the guys like me spend half an hour looking at her Maxim photos and now thinking I'm going to change, uh, you know, lie about my street address so I can vote for her. What do you think her odds are of winning this thing? Uh, I think very low, although this by this uh, this whole piece, her story about this guy went national. She's got a lot of publicity. And you know no one votes in these elections. So to get second place, it's all name recognition, right? But to get second place won't be that hard. Yeah. And then to get a runoff, and then maybe, I don't know, maybe new Maxim photos come out. Who knows? Hmm. Start doing some... some, some Showing up, she by the way, she wears very. There's an awkward photo she posted of herself with Obama in the White House, and Obama's hugging her like when she's leaving the White House, the Oval Office. Uh-huh. And Obama has the worst, most awkward guy hug ever of a girl that he's so scared next to. <laughs> it's just, it's a, and she posts this as like a great picture because he doesn't want to look like a, he's a perv. He doesn't look like Clinton. Clinton ruined it for everybody. Uh-huh. Clinton was fucking chicks with cigars in the Oval Office. So he now just, Obama had to look like repulsed by tits. If it's something. an old ugly lady, you could probably grab her and hug her. Uh-huh. But like a thirty-year-old hot chick with like a low-cut top, you got to do like that. You know, I don't like you that much. Hug, kind of weird thing. Very like where it's a you're hugging from like a foot away. That's sad because I, I think Obama is probably one of the few presidents I could picture a hot chick like that actually wanting to bang. Yeah. You know, Maybe and he didn't did. get any of that. Maybe she did. That's a sad story. Uh, Matt, make sure to vote. I think you're in the uh, Spanish speaking part of town. <laughs> uh, you have somebody wish to pimp and promote on the show, Matt? Uh, MattRalston.net, Twitter at Matthew Ralston, uh, and Trigger Warning on available on iTunes. Where is that on the Billboard charts? 
Uh, I don't think it's cracked the top ten. Are you like Kesha? Is Dr. Luke raping you, kept you down? <laughs> like your numbers? Squelch your numbers? Uh, trigger warning available on iTunes and where else? Uh, Spotify, Amazon, Google Play. Really uh, anywhere. Anywhere you can get music. Anywhere. Anyway. Brian, you want to pimp anything? Oh, yes, please go ahead. Yeah, we've got the Starving Artist Variety Show at Bar One Monday, April 3rd. Matt's going to be there. I'm going to be there doing comedy and their uh, music, and it's free. Indeed, right? free. They've got beer and wine all night. Fun. Uh, Is the booze free too? It's just a beer and wine bar. We're getting actually. closer. We're getting closer. Really? Yeah. Why? Well, that's booze. Well, okay. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Thanks, Irish. Thanks, Irish alcoholic. <laughs> I would like to thank Rockos in Studio City, the best place for skinny margaritas, beers, and pizza. Come by, watch the show. Everyone at Rockos, thank you. You were a tremendous Rockos audience once again. This is Lex, last but Earth. Talk to you next week.